Welcome to the Advent Calendar House, a beloved annual tradition that's about to be bulldozed to make way for a freeway unless you can convince me otherwise. Okay, fine, I'll keep doing this. Today, we're failing upward all the way back to 1980 as we visit Jellystone Winter Lodge and all of our Hanna-Barbera friends and witness Yogi's first Christmas. It's about I am disappointed to find out my ski instructor, who's used to sleeping through the winter, doesn't actually know how to ski, Mike Westfall. And joining me is my interior decorator, who just covered the entire ceiling in mistletoe. Please welcome back Bill Hanstock. Hey, Bill. Hey, I, I, I think of myself as more of a snively, but that's fair. <laughs> Thank you for being here. This is one I haven't seen in a while now, and it shows because I did not remember it being over an hour and a half long. Yeah, uh, it's very long, especially when you have to watch it on Daily Motion uh, with ads popping in uh, every, uh, you know, two and a half minutes because uh, Daily Motion doesn't allow you to uh, run an ad blocker on Daily Motion. Oh, no, I... (laughs) <laughs> probably could have loaned you a copy or something or sent it over Google Drive or something. Cause That's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I, I just happened to have like a copy on some Google Drive someone shared to me at some point. Right. Yeah. I, I uh, What format were we going to go through it or are we going to talk about it generally or, or how, how did you want to run this? Yeah. I'm just going to kind of run through it. Well, first tell me your history with this. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really weird because, uh, we had this on a VHS tape with several other uh, Christmas specials. And I know I've watched this special a bunch of times, but I, most of it I didn't remember until, or I didn't like vividly remember or have like a strong, like nostalgic connection to any of it uh, until the part where Snively is grossed out by the hermit's food. And that's when, like, everything just, like, completely clicked, where I was like, I know this part. This is the part I know. And I have some I have some suspicions as to why, like, that part specifically, like, from that part till the end of the special was, was what, like, resonated with me as far as, like, okay, yeah, now this is bringing back, like, memories of, like, watching this tape a million times. Uh, but I do remember, like, the Yogi's First Christmas... Uh, one was either one where we we had taped the commercials or we hadn't done a clean job pausing during the commercials. Because <laughs> I remember like Hall's commercials during it, uh, like oh, the, wow. the wintertime like Hall's cocktail yeah. commercials, like that that sort of stuff. <laughs> I didn't have this one taped, but I think either TNT or the USA Cartoon Express or something would air it all the time, yeah. and then Cartoon Network picked it up maybe 10 years later, and then it would run it all the time. 
So I watched it a lot just because it was on TV a lot. Yeah, this this one we we definitely taped off of like the prime time airing, like when it was a special, like when it ran. Wow. But first time it aired was no either November 21st or 22nd, 1980. The Internet can't quite figure out which one it is because I've seen both in reliable <laughs> sources. But Right. Well, Wikipedia has it as November 1980 and that we didn't record it in 1980 we were but we recorded it like during a year that it was being aired as a primetime special right that would make sense yeah i was very tiny in 1980 so i don't think my parents had a vcr at that point they were lucky to have (laughs) a baby so but uh it's now available to watch i saw it on tubi oh i didn't think about i just googled it and like daily motion was what came up so yeah so daily motion it was for me okay it's even Wikipedia links to one of those copies, which I don't even think is official, but doesn't look like anyone's in a rush to take it down either. So go nuts. But yeah, I I, uh, I wish I had looked at the Wikipedia page prior to viewing it, but I didn't want to because this was one of the ones where I like in my mind, I had watched it so many times that I felt like as soon as it kicked in, I'd be like, OK, I know the whole story. But I I didn't really I just remembered like snively being like such a little shit and like so (laughs) irritating uh and like yogi just continually failing upwards yes uh but i didn't even remember that stuff like all that well it was only like i remembered beats like right after they happened until until we got to the the gross food yeah that was my experience well but as they were happening i realized okay i remember this i remember this but before that, it was just like, I know very, very basic plot points. The one scene that I remember is the one with Cindy singing her song about mistletoe. We'll get to all that. Let's start <laughs> at the beginning. All right. First, I'm going to quickly run through the main voice cast. Now, I'm not going to do the whole thing where I go through each each voice cast member. It's Hanna-Barbera regulars I've talked about so many times. And if you're listening to this, you probably know these characters well anyway. If you don't, I don't know. Go watch this first. You'll pick it up. But. Dawes Butler and Janet Waldo are both here. The last time I talked about them was on the Jetsons Christmas Carol. They were Elroy and Judy there. And then rounding out the rest of the regular cast are Don Messick and John Stevenson. Last time I talked about those two was on a Flintstones Christmas Carol. So there's a couple of other voices. I'll get to them later. But we open with a typo (laughs) right out of the gate or rather onto it. The first thing we see is a sign that says Yellowstone Park with a Y. Did you catch that? No, I did not catch that. Oh, it's like the first thing you see is a misspelled sign, and that set the stage for the rest of this. The artist forgot Yogi Bear didn't live in a real Yellowstone Park, but then remembered halfway through and decided, you know what, nobody cares, I'm on a deadline. <laughs> uh, during the opening song, uh, because they're like driving... They're driving up to the uh, like some of like some of the Hanna Barbera regulars are being driven by Ranger Smith up to the winter retreat um, in some sort of open air tank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they call it a bus. It's it's a t- yeah it's open not air a bus. tank. It's in no. no way a bus. It does no. not resemble a bus in any in any fashion. No, it's almost like a GI Joe uh, <laughs> yes. like trans like like uh, personnel transport, but with no guns on it. Right, uh, but they could use some guns. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say um, that we know of. Yeah, Sans Yogi and and Boo Boo because they're hibernating. But um, as as I often do uh, when I'm 
watching like a Hanna-Barbera or similar thing, like once I start seeing all the characters, it occurs to me to like remember to like go and once again check like which famous people were all of these voices originally based on, which now <laughs> children only know as the voice of the character. And I was a little bit surprised because I I know like I just know that like uh, Doggy Daddy is Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante. Like, I just yep. know that that's a Jimmy Durante impression. Look, dear old dad, we're almost there. No kidding, Doggy. You're right, son. That's the Jellystone Winter Lodge, my favorite Christmas hangout. But like, I was like, well, Augie Doggy's got to be somebody, right? Because like Augie Doggy and his Doggy Daddy, they wouldn't like make like an original character and Jimmy Durante, but it is an original character, <laughs> yeah. which is like real. Yeah, that's really wild. And it's like, a, it's like a, it's such a distinctive voice that it seems like it has to be a, a, a parody of some or an impression of something. Like it's such think. a distinctive voice. Yeah. Especially because like, it's the straight man. It's like, it's like half of a comedy act. Mm-hmm. Like Augie Doggy and his Doggy Daddy. There's no like Doggy Daddy solo stuff. No. And there's no like, Augie doggy solo stuff like they're a comedy team right so it's very strange that like it's an original character and jimmy durante like that's very weird to me right it was also a little bit weird to me that like huckleberry hound isn't an impression of someone no i think they were just like all right we we colored the dog blue let's call him huckleberry <laughs> yes and let's let's give him a southern drawl and that's it yeah Augie Doggy is the same voice as Elroy Jetson, and that's the two. <laughs> like, that tracks. Like yeah. that makes sense, but uh, it's not exactly Elroy. It's more like wholesome and like treacly. Um, but uh, I had forgotten that Snagglepuss is a Burt Lar impression to such an extent that Burt Lar sued Snagglepuss. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. So apparently, Snagglepuss was like started like being a spokesperson for Kellogg's and like yeah. Bert was already unhappy about uh Snagglepuss like being a Burt Lahr impression but he sued because he didn't want people to think that Burt Lahr was like hawking Kellogg's so the Kellogg's commercials had to start running Snagglepuss voiced by so-and-so at the bottom <laughs> of the, the commercial for the wow. yeah yeah don't let anyone think Burt Lahr likes cornflakes <laughs> I'm going to guess it wasn't cornflakes. <laughs> no, <laughs> something else. But but yeah, they sing this song, this coming up on Christmas time song, like three times going up to this mountain. It's a pretty decent song for like the opening song of a original like animated uh, Christmas special, but not like to that extent that we needed it that much. No, it it is a decent song. They actually put it on a soundtrack. Oh. And they... I have it later in my notes and I'll get to it. But uh, this has come up before the year before this. They did something called Casper's First Christmas, which Yogi Bear was in that. So this isn't even his first Christmas. Wait, they, they use this song. They use this song. They use a bunch of songs that I hear and hear in other Hanna-Barbera specials. Wow. A couple of them happen to have these same characters, but some of them, like there was one that I recognized from a Flintstone Christmas. It's just a weird little hodgepodge of, you know what? We wrote all these songs. We're going to crank them out and use them as best as we can. And I don't know whether they tried to make them standards or something. Right. Because I've never heard them outside of these specials, but most of them are really good. Yeah. Uh, solid songs. Like the songs are basically the best thing that this special has going for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. But, uh, 
So yeah, you got, I think we named everybody in, in this tank thing. It's Snagglepuss, Huck, Augie Doggy, Doggy Daddy, and Ranger Smith, who's driving them to the Jellystone Winters Lodge. I got that sign right. Uh, the Lodge hosts a Christmas carnival, which all of these guys apparently go to every year. But on the drive up, they talk about how last year a bunch of scary things happened, including a snowball crashing into the lodge and someone stole a Santa suit. Yeah, that, it's such a bizarre choice to like have your have a Christmas special refer to things that happened previously that have never been depicted in media. Yeah, that, that's true, too. They were like, oh, remember last year when all this crazy stuff happened and a giant s- snowball crashed through the lodge? And I'm like, so is this Yogi's second Christmas? What is this? Like, that that's such an insane setup to, like, refer to, like, an entire series of events that happened one year prior at the same location. Right. Yeah. No, apparently Yogi has slept through every Christmas at the lodge, which, by the way, is directly above his cave. <laughs> yes. Sleep through it every year. And no one ever found out who was behind all those extremely terrifying events. (laughs) They happen to be talking about right before driving by a marked mountain path that leads up to the home of the reclusive Herman the Hermit, which I guess Ranger Smith is a better person than I am for assuming this guy just wants to be left alone and spent last Christmas alone, too. So these are the Herman's Hermits I've heard so much about. (laughs) Did they suit, too? Uh, they they were probably too busy to watch a Yogi Bear Christmas special. Yeah, no, I don't think they were just like, actually, we love Christmas. <laughs> but we meet Herman at the top of this mountain who admits he was behind all those incidents last year because he hates Christmas. That Christmas crowd is back again. Uh, well, this year I'll scare him good. Christmas. Yeah. We'll catch up with him later. For now, the gang arrives at the lodge and they're greeted by the manager, Mr. Dingwell, which is a very silly pun of a name for a hotel manager. I agree. (laughs) Tells his guests he has good news and bad news. First, the bad news. This may be the last Christmas you'll spend here. Because someone wants to build a freeway in its path, but it'll only close if the lodge's owner agrees to sell which she's been strongly considering because the stuff from last Christmas scared away all the other customers. Literally the only guests at the lodge this year are these four. (laughs) But that made me ask, can they even do that? Can you run a freeway through a national park? Well, it's probably going to be tough. Uh, We don't know what state this occurs in, so we don't know what uh, lobbyist interests are, are at hand Greasing the palms of the uh, local uh, Congress people. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it's not it's not unheard of. I think the stranger thing is that the freeway would go through a national forest and over a mountain. Right. That's a little weird. No. But, yeah, the note I have here is the real answer is, of course they can. Rich people can do whatever they want. Yes. That, too. Uh, I also like, like, the, the lodge might be closing if the owner sells it, which, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's how this stuff usually goes, actually. Also, she's going to sell it to the freeway. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, there's a buyer. Like, the the freeway is lined up as a buyer, but she hasn't decided decided whether she wants to sell. But everyone knows about the the potential deal. Right. Yeah. Usually these these road plans are are public information. Mm. But the good news, Mr. Dingwell says 
is that if this Christmas goes smoothly and the owner, Mrs. Throckmorton, enjoys herself, she may decide not to sell the lodge. So they all decide to get the festivities started with the only song we've heard in this special so far. Only this time, Augie Doggy has a giant bass drum he starts playing. <laughs> and that is what wakes up Yogi and Boo Boo. <laughs> what the hell? What's this? Maybe spring is sprung already. Huh? It's not even half past winter. Uh, no one ever brought a bass drum before to the uh, Christmas festivities. So, like a full Christmas lodge of uh, revelers is not enough to to wake up a Yogi and Boo Boo, but one Augie Doggy played bass drum is. Right, it's a pretty big drum. To be fair, but he's hitting it pretty hard. He's wailing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, no. And they call this thing a carnival. It's the Christmas carnival. And that has never woken up two bears sleeping directly underneath this lodge. Yeah. They have like a a ski jump competition and uh, Mm -hmm. all sorts of things happen. And, and, And apparently last year, a giant snowball crashed through and demolished the lodge. And that didn't wake up Yogi. No. Well, the snow muffled the sound. Ah. So Yogi is awake now, decides to check out what all this noise is about, and he crawls up a back tunnel I've never seen before and lets out under a tile in the lodge's kitchen. <laughs> I've got to know whether that tunnel was there before or after they built the lodge. It's probably best not to think about these things. No, it, I, I'm thinking, okay, we build an escape tunnel in case of a fire and we'll put it in the kitchen where fires happen. And we'll just cut through this open cave full of bears. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, before the before it was a lodge, it was a prison. Oh, and, well, that uh, explains everything. <laughs> yeah. And the prisoners working in the kitchen tunneled out. It's the 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 Jellystone Redemption. Yes. Yogi's going through the Andy Dufresne back way. <laughs> Opens up under a poster of uh, Raquel Welch. Yeah. It opens uh, the po- the poster is of uh, Captain Caveman's uh, uh, starlets. <laughs> oh, the teen angels! Yes, yeah, teen angels. <laughs> well, th- yeah, you're right. They're dressed the same way. Well, very shortly after they enter the kitchen, they meet the lodge's resident chef Otto, who thinks they're a couple of staff members he's been expecting to arrive. We never meet the actual staff <laughs> members who were supposed to show up. What happened to them? This uh, this lodge is very understaffed uh, because it has a hotel manager and a cook, and that's it. And that's, that's the total it. of the staff. <laughs> and Ranger Smith doubles as security. Ranger Smith is constantly thrust into doing any job that is needed at any time. Yeah, basically. Chef Otto is voiced by Hal Smith. I am Otto the chef. You waiters will help me prepare the food. Ah, yes, sir, Mr. Otto. I know all about food. Ah, what is your specialty? Well, sir, uh, I got no speciality. You might say I'm uh, I'm an expert on the picnic baskets. In the winter, we do not fix picnic baskets. That's a voice I haven't talked about in a while. Uh, last time I talked about him, he was the voice of Santa in A Flintstone Christmas. And spoiler alert, he also voices Santa at the end of this special as well. Is he the voice of Santa in the Fruity Pebbles uh, commercial? I don't think so. I don't know who it is originally. For some reason, they re-recorded it, and it's Jim Cummings, <laughs> and it's obviously what? Jim Cummings. Amazing. Like, he's doing, like, almost, like, imagine Darkwing Duck, but it's Santa. 
What? It's a weird. I don't know. It's doing the tis the season to be sharing, friend. Yeah, it's just like tis, tis the season, season to, to be sharing, friend. friend. That's so weird. There's no reason for them to have re-recorded it. It's not like well, Fred already said Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Well, I think the reason to re-record it is if they are interested in ceasing to pay royalties to a specific person. Oh, that could be it. I wonder. Yeah. Or if the person is deceased and his estate no longer wants, uh, or perhaps uh, they don't like to make a habit of uh, having deceased people in commercials that they have to pay royalties to in perpetuity. That's probably it, because Barney's also re-recorded because that was after Mel Blanc died. So that yeah. that's it. You solved the mystery. Yeah. Commercials are big business, man. <laughs> yep. I do want to point out, uh, since Boo has been introduced, that uh, Boo Boo's Wikipedia page says it's unclear whether Boo Boo is a juvenile bear or simply a very short bear. <laughs> That's the same age as Yogi. And I got to say, I've, I've genuinely never thought about it before. Neither have I. But like, I probably would have been inclined to say like, well, Boo Boo's a child because Yogi is also a child. They're bears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it. That's my favorite explanation. They're roommates. Yeah, they're children. Yep. Yeah. So so this chef auto puts Yogi and Boo Boo to work in the kitchen. He starts making something that requires bits of hard boiled eggs and tells Yogi to chop an egg. So Yogi takes a fresh egg and a big old meat cleaver and it, it explodes in the chef's face. It's not how you make a cob salad. No, it is not. Maybe that's what he's making. A cob salad. So Otto has Yogi and Boo Boo pass out desserts instead, and that's when they run into the rest of his pals in the dining room hanging out by the tree. Yogi asks, do trees grow indoors in the winter? And they explain it's a Christmas tree. And upon learning he woke up in time for Christmas, Yogi decides to stay awake and experience it for the first time. So he knows about Christmas, but he doesn't know about Christmas trees. He's heard about Christmas. Maybe people <laughs> send him Christmas cards. He's got a pile of mail. In April, he's just like, what have you been doing? And in all of Yogi's travels, he's never seen a, a tree indoors. No, he lives. In, has he never been in like one of the cabins? Like Ranger Smith has a cabin and there's no plants in there. Hmm. Preposterous. Very silly. And they all decide to sing a song about it's your first Christmas Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear is having his first Christmas. Lucky him, he didn't hibernate. He'll finally get to see his first real Christmas tree. With popcorn strings and sparkling things that he helped decorate. It's your first real Christmas Yogi Bear. This is not one of those songs that's on this album. This album's called Hanna-Barbera's Christmas Sing-Along. It's from 1991, and it's available to stream. Links in the show notes. Yeah. Well, after this song, Ranger Smith and Mr. Dingwell discover, oh no, Yogi's here. They do not want him here to cause hijinks while the owner of the lodge is there to decide whether to keep it open. So the ranger attempts to bring Yogi and Boo Boo back to their cave, but they don't want to miss their first Christmas now that they sang a whole song about it. So they escape by climbing up the chimney. Well, I, I do want to take issue with the fact that Augie Doggy has already been banging a, a bass drum loud enough to cause seismic activity but <laughs> uh the ranger is convinced that yogi is going to be the one who blows everything with uh the the owner of the lodge yeah apparently the the bass drum's okay that's that's normal carnival activity but no not yogi 
my favorite uh, Van Halen album for unlawful carnival activity. <laughs> it's actually Van Halen two is my favorite. Yeah, well, of course. They climb up the chimney, slide down off the roof, and onto a snowplow. So Yogi puts it in drive and runs over the ranger and Mister Dingwell. <laughs> They're gonna celebrate their first Christmas, and no one's gonna stop them. And then the ranger stands on Mister Dingwell. The first of many times that Mr. Dingwell will be stood upon in this uh, in this special. He stands on him after he's been buried into the snow. <laughs> so they get on a snowmobile and go after Yogi and Boo Boo, whose plow keeps inadvertently ch- ch- chucking giant piles of snow at them. I don't think that's how plows work. Well, I know that's how uh, the, the Wonka mobile works in Willy Wonka. You know, you're right. <laughs> and I have to assume it's the same sort of... Uh, internal combustion system that's got to be it yeah maybe maybe it's not throwing snow maybe it's just that foam stuff (laughs) foam party (laughs) just yeah foam party and it happens to be doing the same thing and it's the same color as the snow but meanwhile here comes mrs throckmorton the owner driving up to the lodge along with her nephew snively who would rather be anywhere else. We'll soon be there, Snively. You're going to love the Jellystone Lodge. I hate it already. And so do you, Aunt Sophie. That's why you want to sell it. That's not true. I'm selling it purely for business reasons. I want to go home. Just like one of the worst voices. Like, Oh, goodness. Just one of the worst voices. And, and, it, and as you said, it goes on for like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, so the voice of Snively is Marilyn Schreffler. I have not encountered her yet on this podcast. She was a Hanna-Barbera regular. She was the voice of Olive Oil from 1978 until her death in 1988. Yes. And this is basically, the voice of Snively is basically Olive Oil doing Marge Simpson. Oh my goodness, you're right. What? That's the perfect, (laughs) wow. And just upset at everything. I don't know how she got stuck with her nephew over Christmas. But if it's because his parents wanted him out of the house so badly, it's their fault for naming him Snively. Yeah, the names are very good in this because Throckmorton is like such a, like a rich person name. And Snively is like the epitome of like, what would you name an annoying rich child? And it would be Snively. It would be. There's no other option. Well, they're driving up when they get stuck on an icy patch. Keep warning people about that. <laughs> right at the foot of Herman the Hermit's mountain, and he doesn't want more people celebrating Christmas within a mile or so radius, so he tries to stop them by triggering an avalanche. It's the only way I know how. Yeah, just tosses a log down a mountain, and you know anything you roll down a snowy hill in any cartoon creates a giant snowball of death. Mm -hmm. Worked last year. The only thing that happens to save them from being crushed is Yogi because he couldn't figure out how to stop the snowplow, so he just plows their car out of the way. So Mrs. Throckmorton thanks Yogi and Boo Boo. She thinks they're heroes, and upon learning from Mr. Dingwell they're actually just clumsy waiters, she congratulates him for hiring them and tells them they deserve a promotion. Why do you even say they were waiters? The chef thought they were. He could have just said, sorry about these bears who should be asleep. <laughs> sorry, they're just bears. They're, right. un- they're unaffiliated bears. <laughs> unaffiliated bears. They're just hero bears. If you just said they're, they're just hero bears, she probably wouldn't have felt obligated to give them a promotion. Right. She wouldn't have given them a job. She would have just been like, thank you, bears. Yeah, as you were. Back to your cave. Yeah. <laughs> 
And in fact, Yogi and Boo Boo have both crashed and are asleep in the plow. But whoops, now they have jobs. I do appreciate, honestly, I really do appreciate that they keep falling asleep throughout the special. Yes. Because, like, that's a level of, like, attention to detail that I would, I did not expect from this special I have I have seen before several times. Right. Like, I was like, hey, oh, hey, they remembered that they're supposed to be hibernating right now and that this would probably keep happening to them. And it never, like, almost never in the special is used as, like, them falling asleep is, like, the catalyst for something. No. It's always, like, things resolve and then they're asleep. Right. Just like, well, I'm tired and should be asleep, so... It's not like a it's not like a Deuce Bigelow like narcoleptic uh, <laughs> woman nope. uh, joke. No. If this special were a little bit more like Deuce Bigelow, I think we'd all prefer that. Well, we'd remember it a lot better. <laughs> so now they have jobs as bellhops. So we're back in the lobby in their bellhop uniforms now, still trying to get in a nap while they can. And Boo Boo ends up dreaming about how he hopes to be awake when Santa Claus comes. And this is another song I've heard before. This Hope song was in a Flintstone Christmas. Hope is waking Christmas dawn, knowing Santa's been and gone. Hope can make our wish come true, maybe fill our stocking too. I wonder if people watching this in 1980 who had watched all these other cartoon (laughs) Christmas specials recognized that these were the same songs being used over again. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, Right. Yeah, I, I... I mean, like, so when we were kids, like, we would just watch any Hanna-Barbera thing Mm -hmm. because it was a cartoon and it was on TV. Yep. And I, but I wonder, like, were the fans of, like, primetime network sitcom The Flintstones also fans of Yogi Bear? In my mind, it's like, well, they would have to be. Right. But it's, it's entirely possible that, like, The Flintstones and Yogi had, like, different audiences. Yeah, that's like trying to think of a of a good comparison. Like maybe adults watch the Flintstones. Like maybe that was the Simpsons of the time, and maybe like Yogi yeah. was like strictly for kids. Like I I have no idea, but I would assume that by 1980 it was just the same audience. Yeah, at that point they're kind of just blending together anybody who had been watching the Flintstones, and then you had like the Boomers are growing up and 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 having us, so they're watching it. It's just like, hey, here's some cartoons from our childhood. So I definitely resonate with that. Well, these two can't nap for long. They're on the clock now. And Mr. Dingwell keeps dinging his front desk bell. Not very well after all, since that doesn't wake up the bears. It's Huckleberry Hound who has to wake him up by shouting free picnic baskets. (laughs) And Mr. Dingwell gives Yogi a piece of paper with an announcement to read over the loudspeaker. It's the announcement of a figure skating contest in an hour by the nearby pond to be judged by Mrs. Throckmorton herself. And since it's over a loudspeaker, Herman the Hermit hears the announcement and plans to do something about it to teach these city dudes to let him have a little peace. So he pours salt on the ice to make it melt, but hears voices coming and hides. And it's Yogi and Boo Boo, whose job it is to scrape the snow and the salt, dumping it right where Herman was hiding without realizing it. Everyone has, like, so many different jobs. Like, Miss Throckmorton's there. And, like, I don't remember if she's ever like, oh, I, I, I love judging the skiing competition every year or skating competition every year. It's just like, well, this is another thing I have to do. And I bet my 
my hated, my despised nephew Snively <laughs> will win it because he's so good at everything. And she hates that he's so good at everything. Like she spends this whole special like hoping someone will take her stupid nephew down a peg. It's like Mr. Throckmorton and Snively are like that click hole, the dreaded Laramie. Uh, which of my three horrible sons are you? <laughs> well, Yogi's ordered to deliver lunch to the Throckmorton's room. There we find Snively complaining to his aunt that he doesn't want to participate in the figure skating contest because he's been trained by professional skaters and competing against a bunch of amateurs is beneath him. Competing a bunch of, against a bunch of amateurs who are all animals. Who are all animals. But his aunt goads him by asking, oh, are you afraid one of the guests will show you up? And that works because he's like 10. And that's how negging was invented. Yeah. Mrs. Throckmorton invented negging. There it is. I'm like waiting for the violins from whenever someone calls Marty McFly a chicken. You know, honestly, the miss, the miss, now that I'm just thinking about it, I think the Mrs. Throckmorton like arc, like this is the only thing that it's missing that it would have like in any other context is like if the ranger or like not the hotel manager, not Mr. Dingwell, but if like the ranger or like some other adult human there, like wanted to plow Miss Throckmorton. <laughs> like, that's the only <laughs> thing it's missing is like, is like she finds love at the end of it. Right. Even if it's like a Groucho Marx situation, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. They had the mistletoe. They easily could have done something. Easily. Otto. Otto doesn't. Otto doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Otto. He never got his waiters. <laughs> nope. Well, Snively tells Yogi he should enter the contest and even gives him his aunt's ice skates to practice. Tells him you have to wear them all day to get used to them, even while you're working. And Yogi doesn't know this kid. So he says, thanks. You're generous. So off he goes, and soon Mrs. Throckmorton can't find her skates and reports them missing to Ranger Smith, who immediately concludes they were stolen. So he starts inspecting every other guest's skates, which doesn't take long because there are like four other people there. <laughs> Eventually finds them as Yogi comes tumbling down the stairs in the lodge, and the ranger says, that's it, I'm bringing you back to your cave. After I take you to jail. That's right. But there's no way Yogi's missing Christmas, so he escapes out a window. <laughs> Meanwhile, the figure skating contest is happening now, and Snively earns an impressive score of 9.5, even though his aunt was really hoping someone would show him up and, quote, shrink that swollen head of his. I wish I, the judge, had a say in this. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, I must remain impartial. Yes. Must be fair. Why did she bring Snively here if she knows he'd hate it? His parents are dead. <laughs> yeah. She owes his parents a life debt. He's he's her ward. Yep. Uh, one thing that just occurred to me, Ranger Smith keeps threatening to take Yogi back to back to his cave, and he like keeps loading like Yogi and Boo Boo back into that tank to take them back to the cave. Why doesn't he just lift up the tile in the kitchen? Hey, yeah, he can slide down. <laughs> Be a lot faster. He doesn't know about the tile. But to Mrs. Throckmorton's delight, here comes Yogi running away from Ranger Smith and still wearing her skates, and he manages to keep his balance all while avoiding the Ranger. 
does a triple axle over a moving snowmobile, and wins the competition with a perfect 10 that he wasn't even involved in. I do uh, like the idea of like adding like hazards and obstacles to ice skating and like having that increase the difficulty of things. Like, yeah. Get some ramps. <laughs> even if it was just like um, American gladiator style ice skating, where like there's two like really strong skaters trying to like tackle the <laughs> ice skater. <laughs> oh, next Olympics. We need to add those. We need to add like <laughs> barrels to jump over like Christmas Eve on Sesame street. Yeah. But the ranger points out that Yogi's wearing Mrs. Throckmorton's missing skates, but stupid Snively says out loud, I wish I'd never given him those skates. So now everyone knows Yogi didn't steal them. Well, Snively isn't a, a, a clever criminal. No, he's new at this. Like every every single scheme that both Snively and Herman come up with is like almost instantaneously thwarted. Yeah. And there's so many schemes and there's so many like beats in this so many they could have had half the amount of schemes and like had some suspension of disbelief that there might be like some like consequence to one of these schemes but instead it's like we'll just have like 12 schemes yeah it's like an hour and 40 minutes of seven minute cartoons just kind of lined up in the row and they happen to have a running plot going through them that's how this is set up i do also wonder whether like well, it's a Christmas special, so we can't like we can't have like any run of like longer than ninety seconds where we think something's going to go badly at Christmas. No, not at all. But Snively says, "Whatever, I'll beat you in the next event." Okay, they're doing a whole Olympiad here at the lodge, and insultingly, most insultingly of all, it's not Laugh Olympics. No, oh, this should have been Laugh Olympics. <laughs> this would have been so much better if you had like more really rotten's doing like weird traps on the ice i honestly think that like this special needed more hannah barbera characters like it, it needed like mcgilla gorilla wally gator yeah even Jabberjaw. like i don't know how Jabberjaw is going to get up to the mountain but we'll find a way through one of the ice holes when they're fishing <laughs> well while they're fishing i did notice um this comes up later but one of the names on the sign where everybody's hanging their fish that they caught, says Jinx. So at least Mr. Jinx was supposed to be in here at one point. Oh, nice. <laughs> he just he just caught a fish and 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 took off. Yeah, he didn't make the tank trip, so he, he usually comes up but couldn't make it this year. <laughs> but the next event is a ski jump, a fun and safe event for amateurs at all skill levels. None of the gang can quite stick the landing, but miraculously, none of them are severely injured either. Ski jump is actually not a fun and safe event for all ages. No, it's not. At experience levels. Nope. It's in fact should be restricted to uh, extremely talented people. Yes. Like Snively, who lands a quadruple flip. By the way, uh, Eddie the Eagle is uh, the best and only uh, movie I'm aware of about ski jumping. It's a it's a fun little flick. I don't know that one. It's about a, a guy who who like is desperate to become like a, an Olympian. Okay. Um, and he's bad. He's just not good at anything, but he's good at like, it's like, I think I'm pretty sure it's based on a true story. Huh. Like he is just like desperate to like become an Olympian. It's like all his, like he and his father ever wanted and he, but he's not good at any event or sport and he's not athletic, but like he doesn't care about getting hurt. <laughs> so he becomes a, a ski jumper and uh, it's just a, it's a fun little flick. Wow. 
Well, Yogi's competing for real this time, and Snively pretends to help him clamp his skis shut, but actually undoes them. So when it's Yogi's turn, of course they fall right off, but he lands on them and wins <laughs> because Mrs. Throckmorton hates her nephew. <laughs> it's, uh, again, the difficulty. It's like McMahon family levels of I hate my family. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Miss Throckmorton is Linda McMahon. <laughs> and Snively is Shane, who yep. uh, who is despised by his father. That's right. Here comes the money. <laughs> and here she asks Mr. Dingwell why he has Yogi working as a bellhop when he should be a ski instructor. And Mr. Dingwell immediately agrees. And at first I thought he was just being a pushover. And then I realized, no, he wants to keep his home. He lives at the lodge year round. And if it closes, he doesn't have anywhere else to live. Yeah. That should have been a bigger plot point than it is. They mention it toward the end. Well, if he's if he's a hotel manager, though, he can get a job anywhere. He could. But next morning, we see Yogi skiing down a hill while everyone sings a song about how great he is. <laughs> Yogi is the spot. Tell it's from That's not on the Christmas album, not festive enough. <laughs> but we see Yogi do the old cartoon trope of avoiding a tree by lifting up one leg and going around one side, and the ski magically turns in the same direction on the other side, and he catches it. That's how physics works. <laughs> he only does that once. Next time, there's a tree in his way, and he just plows through it. <laughs> that didn't work out for Sonny Bono. No, it did not. This aired prior to that, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure that the year it ran after Sonny Bono's death, they probably cut that portion out. Uh, yeah, no, there was no, they didn't show the big yogi bear-shaped hole in the tree. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow was not called to testify. No. <laughs> but back at the lodge, Mrs. Throckmorton overhears Yogi singing to himself and tells Mr. Dingwell, you know, Yogi could lead the caroling at the Christmas Eve tree trimming party, too. And then she decides, let's hold a practice for caroling. It's very important to her, but she's the only higher pitched voice in the group. She's surrounded by a bunch of deep male voices and Snagglepuss. He's a tenor, <laughs> still not upper range. This is the worst segment of the, the special. It's so bad. This and the ski lesson or the this is the this whole this middle section here. This is the worst stretch of it. Because the the caroling uh practice. It's like uh, everyone's singing pretty badly. Well, everyone's singing fine. And uh, she's just upset because she's the only woman there. Right. And so Yogi's like, well, I'll sing in falsetto. And they just like rerun the same animation, but with everyone like frowning a little bit. But it's not <laughs> like it's not like mixed well enough or like played up well enough that like Yogi's doing like a bad falsetto. Like it's not high enough in the mix and no one's reacting big enough to it. No. It's just like a little bit worse than it was before. They're just mildly bothered by it. but And then Ranger Smith says to himself, well, there goes the Jellystone Lodge. Oh, you think that's going to be what shuts down the place? <laughs> they should have at this point just shot Snively and she would have been like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> but Boo Boo has an idea and he runs out of the lodge to go wake up Cindy Bear. Yeah. The perpetually topless uh, Cindy Bear. <laughs> yeah. 
She's what I remember the most about this special, and we'll get to why shortly. <laughs> I, I can I have an inclination to, as to why, but yep, it seriously never like really occurred to me that it looks so scandalous to have her wearing a skirt that's that low and then like no top at all. <laughs> it's it's the uh, classic Minnie Mouse look. Minnie Mouse wears a shirt or a dress. Yeah, but she didn't at the beginning. I guess. Well, even even like it's been years since like Mickey's been topless. Yeah, that's true. We saw Mickey yesterday and he was topless and it was weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was wearing. I, I have absolutely no idea what he's going for uh, right now uh, at the at the uh, winter decoration thing in Disneyland. But it's like he's wearing white shorts and he's topless and he has a scarf on. And I don't know like what look that's what? trying to recreate or what. It's so weird. It was very weird. That's so wow. Like, I thought yeah. you were talking about Fantasmic when they come around and he's on the steamboat no, 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 outfit. No no. no, no, no. Oh. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, I'm very confused now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but first, I need to talk about Cindy's cave being a lot better decorated than Yogi and Boo Boo's because she's a girl bear. Yeah, I mean, they're two gross bachelors of indeterminate oh, age. Right. Yup. <laughs> they, <sleep, laughs> they sleep on piles of hay on the floor in their cave like a mattress on the floor. <laughs> Do they sleep hole to hole or pull to pull? <laughs> well, they had their backs turned to each other when we saw them okay, wake hole up. To hole. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh Cindy also sleeps on the floor, but her hay is purple and there's a canopy over it. Gotta do it. Yep. So Boo Boo asks Cindy to join the chorus, but of course she's trying to sleep through the winter. So she's like, no. He starts to leave, mutters poor Yogi, and Cindy immediately perks up. I'm sorry, Boo-Boo. It's only December. I need my beauty sleep. Okay, Cindy. Oh, poor Yogi. Yogi? What about Yogi? Because Cindy Bear has a single character trait, and it's being hot for Yogi. Mm -hmm. My favorite Van Halen song, Hot for Yogi. Hot for Yogi. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as Boo Boo explains he's leading the caroling, she runs into the lodge and joins in, and the singing sounds better with her one additional voice. And this is where, after this, is where she gets her big uh, sultry number, right? A little bit later. First, it's time for another Uh-oh. ski lesson. Uh-oh, it's still sorry. the bad part. Yeah, the ski lesson. I, I, It's just like Yogi's trying to like fake his way through being a ski instructor. Yeah. And they keep asking him questions and he keeps evading them. And it's just, it's, it's so unfunny and it's so like, you see exactly where it's going and it goes on for so long. (laughs) And they're so offended that their friend whom they know has never experienced winter doesn't know how to teach them skiing. And they already know he doesn't know how to ski. Right. They already know this, but they were like, they were bamboozled by his performance at the ski jump. They're like, well, I guess he secretly knew how to ski really good all along. And that's why he's a ski instructor now. Yeah. Teach me to do that. Oof. Uh, But while this is going on, Ranger Smith brings Mrs. Throckmorton to the ski lift and turns it on for her. Uh. And that is Herman the Hermit's opening to distract the Ranger by setting up a little (laughs) smoke pot to make it look like there's a forest fire. Yeah, the device is called a smoke pot. Don't try to Google that. (laughs) Tripping on pots. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But the ranger sees the smoke and goes to check it out, leaving Mrs. Throckmorton on the ski lift. 
So Herman goes over and unplugs it, just leaving her stuck in the middle. So the ranger has to go rescue Miss Throckmorton. And the device he uses to rescue her, I thought was going to do something completely different than what it did. Because he he throws a rope over the cables of the ski lift Mm -hmm. and ties it to a massive boulder. And I was like, okay, so he's going to pull on the rope and bring the cables down to ground level so that she can get off the ski lift. Cause I don't know how ski lift works, but like cartoon logic. Sure. I was like, he tied a big boulder to a rope and he threw the rope over the thing. So he's going to pull the cables down to where he is. And that's how he's going to save her because of how pulleys work. Right. But what he does is he sits on the boulder (laughs) and he, he pulls on the other end of the rope and lifts himself up with tremendous ease as though he weren't pulling his own body weight plus the weight of a boulder with one tiny rope. <laughs> well, listen, first, the first thing he did was toss the end of the rope he tossed was the end that was tied to the boulder, and he that's tossed right. it up at Mrs. Throckmorton. Yeah, that's that's why I thought I was going to pull it down, because I thought the rock would go over it and bring the cables down. Right. But also, if he was off by a few inches, he would have knocked her <laughs> off with the boulder. Would have gotten her down. He's never off by a few inches. He's Ranger Smith. Yeah. And she does say, like, you almost hit me, right? No. Oh. It's never brought <laughs> but, up. So he, he lifts himself up with this this mechanism. And he's like, see, I told you. And she's like, oh, that's such a clever device. And yeah. Like, then she gets on the boulder. Right. And he easily lowers them both back down. And it's like. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a cartoon, honestly. Yeah. Well, he doesn't lower her down. Like, something happens, and he... No, he lets go before he gets all the way up there, so he's got to start over. But before he can, everybody's skiing downhill freestyle now, and Yogi ends up ramping off a snowbank, getting stuck upside down on the ski lift wires, and he just slides down those, and he ends up catching Mrs. Throckmorton's little ski lift chair and brings her to safety that way. <laughs> and then he's asleep again. And then he's asleep again. Hanging upside down. And the ranger offers to take him back to the lodge while Mrs. Throckmorton and the others go on a cross-country ski instead. And here I thought it was going to be, ha-ha, now I'm taking you back to your cave. So she was taking the ski lift up to go cross-country skiing no i guess she just changed her mind she was just like you know what we're not doing this let's go cross-country skiing well this the ski lift is irrevocably damaged at this point so yeah but here ranger smith admits while yogi is still sleeping okay now i'm glad i didn't make you go back to your cave this is the big uh the big change of heart moment his heart grew three sizes that day (laughs) just one and a half but inflation (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Bidenomics. That's it. We'll return to Yogi's first Christmas on the TNT Toon special. Greetings and hootenannies. We're going to give a hoot about Kellogg's Cocoa Krispies. I'm going to sing. Oh, no. Remove them physically. And you join in with heavens to Murgatroyd when I point at you. With my finger, even. The cocoa bean is lovely. Now. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Because it's chocolatey, don't you see? Heavens to Murgatroyd. It puts the cocoa in Cocoa Krispies. They're as chocolatey as can be. Ooh. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Right. 
Crunchy. No. You know how some people are really into watching bad movies? It's basically that, just with more princesses. Bad Princess Movies is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am your host, Christy, and I like to torment my friend and co-host, Bree, by making her watch and talk about these awful, sometimes downright terrible princess movies. That's really all there is to it. So if you want to hear us goof on these films and don't mind a bit of swearing while we're doing so, come and join us on our podcast, Bad Princess Movies. Now, back to Yogi's First Christmas on the TNT Toon Special. Meanwhile, back at the lodge, Mr. Dingwell has given Cindy a job as a waitress, so she and Boo Boo are there just hanging out. When Boo Boo looks up, grabs a stool, and gives Cindy a smooch because he's just learned about mistletoe. And he introduces the concept to Cindy, and this is the greatest thing she has ever heard. She hears about uh, mistletoe, and then she cannot hasten fast enough to cuck Boo Boo. Right? (laughs) He's, like, clearly interested in her. Yeah. She does a whole song and dance about how mistletoe is her new favorite thing. Kisses the largest standard issue moose head on the wall, which blinks its eyes and gets droopy antlers. <laughs> yeah, it just becomes a Pedro Almodovar film for like, <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> so, so when Yogi comes back, he's still tired, but Cindy doesn't care. She has a surprise for him. But she hung her mistletoe over a table with a plate full of sandwiches, so that's what he thinks the surprise is. <laughs> that's her own fault, really. But And then she says, Al, let's have sex. And then he says, um, no pig. Back out on their cross-country ski adventure, Mrs. Throckmorton and the gang stop by Jellystone's famous geyser, Old Faithful. They couldn't think of both a cute, slightly different name for the geyser and the park. Jellystone is always just like, it's just Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, they're in Wyoming. <laughs> It's been renamed because of uh, it, the the sponsorship rights have been bought by Smuckers. That's it. And, that's, and Smuckers <laughs> needs to put that freeway through. Yep. So. That's it. It's the Smuckers freeway. The Jelly Highway. The de- yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Throckmorton asks why it's called Old Faithful, and Snagglepuss explains. Because it's one of nature's unpredictable wonders. That's not right. That's the opposite of right. Yeah, I didn't understand this. The real old faithful is called that because it's very predictable. Yes, it goes off at at uh, specific intervals. Yeah, it's like it it says every sixty to ninety minutes without fail. So it's a very weird line to put in here. But they watch it erupt, and Snag Huck and the doggies all play up how it's a big tourist attraction, and people come from all over and stay at the lodge to see it. And here's where Mrs. Throckmorton tells them she understands how they all feel about the lodge, but she really has to sell it for business reasons. Because you four are the only ones here, that's why. People clearly don't come from all over to see it and stay at the lodge. I'm not trying to own some (laughs) overlook hotel no one comes to in the winter. (laughs) 
Well, back at the lodge, Cindy has learned from her mistake of hanging mistletoe over just a plate of sandwiches. So she hung mistletoe everywhere, all over the lodge. And Yogi asks, what's this stuff growing out of the ceiling? And when Cindy explains, oh, geez, suddenly he has to go and uh, check his bobsled. Yogi just wants his kisses to be consensual. I understand. <laughs> Gotta go check the bobsled. Micah, it sounds like after hearing that Cindy song, you had to go check your bobsled as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he hides from Cindy inside a bobsled, which inadvertently starts sliding out of control down a hill and right into... Hermit the Hermit, who's dressed up as an abominable snow monster to try and scare the cross-country skiers. He had no idea that Scooby and the gang weren't there. That's right. This is a very Scooby-Doo costume he had. Yeah. Like, they traced a costume that they used on that. It's like, oh, it's it's the Creeper. It's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon where someone's dressing up like a monster to scare people away from a business. Sure. <laughs> they got a template for it. Might as well use it. Yeah. But now Mrs. Throckmorton thinks Yogi's come to her rescue again, and now has Mr. Dingwell promote him one more time. I like the exchange here. Yogi Bear rescued me today, not once, but twice. Why is he only a ski instructor? But, but Mrs. Throckmorton, you told me. Must you do everything I tell you? N no, ma'am. Good, then do what I tell you. Yeah. Now she has Yogi promoted to chief of security, but wait. That's Ranger Smith's job. And she says, yeah, in the park. <laughs> but on her property, it's Yogi now. So the next activity is ice fishing. And Snively tells his aunt he doesn't want to go. And she calls his bluff and tells him, good, it's cold out there. I'm glad you'd rather stay here. And he immediately pivots to, oh, wait, I want to go. Like he legitimately doesn't want his aunt to be happy about anything. I don't remember if it's throughout the entire special, like when he's not in his like suit or if it's just in specific portions where it looks like Snively is wearing like a, a skirt and tights. Yeah. Like sometimes he's wearing that puffy jacket and sometimes he's just not, <laughs> but it would be, it would be cold out there. If you were wearing a skirt and tights. Yes. Do not recommend. Or if, if like the majority of the cast, you were simply unclothed, but for headwear and like a, a bow tie and cuffs. Well, they got fur. Snively's not that old yet. <laughs> but she calls him out on it again and said, okay, fine, you go. I'll stay here. Have fun. So they're out on the frozen lake. It's a contest to see who can catch the biggest fish. And this time, Yogi can't accidentally win this one. He's helping Mr. Dingwell judge. And the longest fish is caught by Doggy Daddy, who manages to catch an eel. Snively thinks that shouldn't count, but Yogi correctly rules an eel as a fish. But more importantly, why is there an eel in a freshwater lake in the middle of America? Well, probably because uh, most people like me wouldn't know which uh, aquatic life dwells where in which condition. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> eels don't go there. But Doggy Daddy goes into a nearby shed to warm up. This shed is on the ice for some reason, somehow. Well, that's an ice fishing shed. That's where ice fishing occurs generally is there's a there's a little shed on the ice and you cut a hole in the in the bottom of the shed. OK, see, I didn't know that about ice fishing shed. So, yeah, like there's like there's usually like um, uh, I've never been, but I've seen enough like media to know that like the so like on like the lakes where there's ice fishing, there's like these little little basically little tiny cabins set up 
where there's no floor. It's just the floor is the ice. And you like can set up there and like there's like space to like put your food. And I think they're like I think there's even like a a raised stove so you can keep warm or a portable oh, wow. heater. Oh wow. But like you 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 saw a hole in the ice and you fish in that. Okay. So like typically that's where most ice ice fishing is done is within a structure on the ice. Huh. So you don't like freeze to death. Well that okay. That makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to uh, be educational. <laughs> no, it's it, it works great. It would have made a lot more sense if we didn't also know that Jellystone Park has a summer. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> what happens then? But this particular shed happens to be light enough that Snively can push it on the ice toward a hole <laughs> no one's using. So he's attempted murder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to beat me in a fishing contest? Okay, I'll just murder you. <laughs> Well, Yogi sees the shed inching toward the ice hole and stops it, not realizing that there's an ice hole behind it pushing. Ah, what is this, Johnny Dangerously? <laughs> and Snively doesn't realize it's been moved out in front of him and falls in. Nice. My favorite's the part no one actually helps him, but the fish push Snively back out of the water. <laughs> There's so many, uh, so many petards upon which people are being hoisted in this, uh, yes. in this, uh, brisk, uh, 100 minute, uh, animated special. And of course, Snively shouts very loudly, Yogi did that on purpose and he's going to tell his aunt on you. And he does. Well, he tells her Yogi pushed him and Yogi admits to pushing him, which didn't happen. But <laughs> so she asks if Yogi's come to apologize. He says, no, Snively deserved it. And she says, good, it's about time someone puts Snively in his place. Okay, we all know the kid's a brat, but having reacting to someone admit to pushing a child into a frozen lake with basically, oh, word, high five. Like, all signs point to the fact that uh, Miss Throckmorton brought her horrible nephew here, hoping he would meet his untimely demise. Yeah, she's trying to pull a good son on him. (laughs) (laughs) Stand in front of this cliff for me. No reason. But so I don't blame Snively for running away from the lodge at this point. Says he's going to give them all something to worry about by pretending to be lost. And then he gets lost. (laughs) Stumbles upon Herman the Hermit's cave, but no one's home. So he goes inside and helps himself to a nap on Herman's bed of leaves. (laughs) Was it leaves or was it straw? A little of column A, a little of column B. Yeah, just whatever. Just, you know. And then Herman comes back and finds Snively, and they bond over their shared dislike of Christmas and people. Yeah, they sing this trippy song called Mean, Sour, Crafty, and Cruel. Yeah. Because I'm mean, sour, nasty, and cruel. I get my pleasure as a general rule out of scaring them folks with their carnival duel. And that's not an original song either. Oh, what? It's from another Hanna-Barbera movie from 1972 called Oliver and the Artful Dodger. Whoa. Okay. They made a sequel to Oliver Twist. That makes sense that that would be in that movie, but this is a like this is a pretty good song and I I like definitely remembered this song from from this special. Yeah, I like this song. In the Oliver and the Artful Dodger, it's sung by a character played by Richard Dawson doing a Cockney accent. Okay, that rules. It does rule. Uh, and then they'd use it again after this, and Gargamel sings it about the Smurfs. What? <laughs> yes. 
In a Christmas special or just no, a not special? in the Christmas special. Just an episode of the Smurfs. Gargamel sings about how mean, sour, crafty, and cruel he is. I don't think he has like devils dancing around him in a pit of fire like this right here. Like, so this is like I've never heard about Hanna Barbera doing this, but it makes sense with like how cheap Hanna Barbera is, or like not cheap, but like that their whole thing was like the economy of like making these things over and over again. Like it makes sense that they're like, okay, we'll pay people to write eight songs, but we're going to use them a million times. Yeah. It's, it's something that I'm just realizing as I'm watching this special because they're cramming them all in here. Mm. But Mrs. Throckmorton now realizes Snively is missing and correctly concludes he ran away to spite her, but she also can't lose the kid. So she has her two security chiefs form a search party. Well, she's been she's been trying pretty hard to to lose the kid. I don't know why she has a change of heart. Well, I guess she's got a she's got a safe face. Hmm. No one's gonna buy this lodge from her if she if they knew she killed a kid. Yeah, she was hoping she was she was like, oh, we gotta go look for him, hoping that before they would reach him, Herman would gut him like a fish. Yeah, right. Oh no. So Ranger Smith tells Yogi to set out on foot while he takes his helicopter, and they'll reconnoiter. That did stick out to me. He specifically says, my helicopter. We can take my helicopter. I'm going to take my helicopter. But this is the only place where I've ever heard the word reconnoiter outside of this special. You and the others will spread out over the area and reconnoiter. Reco what? Reconnoiter. Search through the park. Trying to sound military. (laughs) Because it's his helicopter. But now Herman and Snively team up to ruin the Christmas Eve party disguised as Santa Claus and his elf by stealing the ornaments before the tree trimming party, which is a lame plan considering Snively just tried to kill a guy. And again, they're discovered immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Yogi leads the search party on the ground, drives everyone out to the geyser to use as a central meeting point. They all split up and start searching for Snively. Everyone except Cindy and Boo Boo, who have fallen asleep, so Yogi just leaves them. And the first group to find something is Augie Doggy and his daddy, who spots someone trying to lasso a reindeer. And it's Herman and Snively, disguised as Santa and his helper. They tell him, one of Santa's reindeer caught a cold, so I've come to Jellystone Park to catch myself a replacement. And the doggies buy this. (laughs) So they move on. While Herman and Snively, now knowing there's a search party looking for him, sneak over to the snowmobile where Cindy and Boo Boo are still sleeping and release the emergency brake, letting it roll down a hill on top of the geyser. Then they head to the lodge, telling Mr. Dingwell, oh, we're actors the ranger hired for the tree trimming party, and they're here to check out the chimney. Why would the ranger be hiring? I don't know. That's his (laughs) other job. They got three people working there. Ranger Smith's hiring entertainment, not Mr. Dingwell for some reason, not the hotel manager. You work security. Go secure us some acting. This uh, lodge badly needs like an HR department. Yeah. But apparently if you have a chimney big enough to fit a Santa sized person, they're going to use it to make the experience more authentic. (laughs) This was before gremlins taught us. That's a terrible idea. (laughs) But. Herman heads up to the roof, drops a rope down the chimney, and Snively ties the box of ornaments for Herman to pull up. And now they believe they successfully ruined the tree trimming party. Never mind that the tree appears to already be trimmed. (laughs) 
they drew ornaments on the tree. What's left to do? <laughs> well, it's pre-trimmed. They uh, oh, it's pre-trimmed. Yeah, yeah, it's a pre-trimmed tree. You can That's buy right. this from Home Depot. Yeah. They just got to plug it in. That's it. But Herman pulls both the box and Snively up the chimney on the rope. And Ranger Smith sees the pair on the roof and instantly recognizes Snively from a helicopter. <laughs> well, that's who they're searching for. He's just good at his job. Yeah, but the rest of these clowns didn't realize it was him when they were face to face. So Ranger Smith radios everyone else to return to the lodge. He lands, gets out to look for them, and then Herman and Snively steal the helicopter. <laughs> they know how to fly a helicopter. A lot of crimes going on. That's right. Meanwhile, Yogi's on his way back to the lodge when he sees Cindy and Boo Boo still asleep on the snowmobile that is now rolled on top of the geyser. So he hops in to get them, but too late, the geyser erupts and sends this whole giant tank snowmobile into the air with the bears in it. That woke him up. Snively sees this in the helicopter, tells Herman, fly closer so we can watch. And that gives Yogi the opening to grab onto the helicopter and pull Cindy and Boo Boo to safety. Very, uh, it's very, very good stunt. Yeah. And he's apparently strong enough to turn the chopper around while hanging on it with one hand. Hey, uh, if Vin Diesel can do it in the Fast and Furious Universal ride, uh, I believe Yogi Bear can do it since he is a bear. Yes. And bears are all about family. That's true. <laughs> and and just like Vin Diesel, Yogi Bear does not want to kiss a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns it around with one hand and the chopper ends up crashing into a snowbank. Everyone congratulates Yogi for catching the ornament thieves. He didn't even know about that. He was just trying to rescue Cindy and Boo Boo. So at least this time he was actually being heroic. Mm hmm. Snively, of course, immediately says it was all Herman's fault. He made me do it. But his aunt says she'll deal with him later and sends Snively to his room. While Ranger Smith goes to arrest Herman, but Mrs. Throckmorton asks, must you on Christmas Eve? And the ranger just lets him go. <laughs> he stole a helicopter and put everyone's lives in danger, but it is Christmas. Yeah, essentially kidnapped the child. I wonder if there is any statute anywhere because like there's so many like specials and movies and tv shows where it's like well i should throw you in the slammer but it is christmas and what would i be if i let someone go to prison for the rest of their lives on christmas like is it like the purge like you can just do anything as long as it's christmas <laughs> no no you know that there's this section of yellowstone that's in idaho so like if you murdered someone in that part no jury could convict you because it's got to be a jury of your peers in that jurisdiction. But like, you're not in Wyoming anymore. You're in Idaho. So like, so, so Herman would have to be tried by Idaho and hermits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All one of himself. So yeah, that's a real thing. Wow. That's where Jellystone Park is. Oh, everything makes sense now. But yeah, Herman the Hermit's free to go. But before he does, Mrs. Throckmorton invites him to their tree trimming party. And Herman immediately gets out of the Santa outfit and pieces out of there with a bah. <laughs> As for Yogi, Cindy, and Boo Boo, they landed safely in a conveniently placed bale of hay. <laughs> I thought they landed in a giant pile of snow. Nothing softer than cartoon snow. It's true. No, the hay's only necessary so Yogi can make a joke about how he was catching 40 weeks in the hey, hey, hey. 
But Mrs. Throckmorton says Yogi managed the search and rescue beautifully and decides he needs another promotion to Mr. Dingwell's job as hotel manager. Don't worry, he still has a job at the lodge. He's been demoted to bellhop. <laughs> and back at the lodge, it is finally time for the big tree trimming party to trim the already trimmed tree. Yogi's now at the front desk and rings the bell, and the first one to answer is Cindy, who's still waiting for her kiss. But Yogi tells her, Uh, Cindy, uh, I gotta start the celebration, which leaves no time for osculation. Pulling out all the big words for this special. <laughs> yeah, it, Yogi will know any word if it rhymes. That's right. <laughs> He's the rhyming dictionary. Yeah. And now Snively has decided he does want to be part of the festivities after all. But not because he likes Christmas, because he wants to watch all those other dum-dums act silly. Well, that's fine, but his aunt tells him he's not going. He has to stay in his room as punishment for trying to ruin Christmas. She let Herman the Hermit go, but Snively has to stay in his room. Well, she doesn't really have any power to punish Herman, but she does. She is the guardian of Snively. Yeah. He threatens to tell his mom and dad, who apparently are still alive, but Mrs. Throckmorton finally shouts at him to knock it off. Well, he was going to pray. Oh, that's it. There it is. <laughs> he was, was going to tell Jesus to tell his parents. Put in the word to my folks. <laughs> I'm going to tell mommy and daddy. That knock it off, Snively. You did everything you could to spoil their Christmas carnival. I'm not going to let you spoil their party. It's a real look what you did, you little jerk uh, moment. Yeah, yeah. But she'll pardon a stranger who hijacked a helicopter. Speaking of Herman, he knocks at the window and tells Snively to come outside and bring a blanket. They're going to have their own little party out there away from all this Christmas humbug. And Snively actually gets excited because he doesn't know how hermits work. <laughs> but back at the party, everyone else finally starts trimming the tree some more. And it looks like it's just more bauble ornaments and garland. But I guess it's not enough for them. And they put more on. Huck hands out the ornaments. There's also a string of cranberries, so Augie gets to make the joke. Cranberry, could I have a string of huckleberries? And they all sing a song about making a big to-do this Christmas. We're making a big to-do about this Christmas. Everybody's trimming the Christmas tree. With lights to glow and mistletoe. Colored balls tied with a bow. And cooking balls and ginger glow for me. And me. Is this from anything else? <laughs> yes, it's from that Casper special. Uh, Augie gets the honor of putting the star on top of the tree with the help of Doggy Daddy, who lifts him up via fishing pole. It got him the eel. It's going to get Augie up to that tree. Uh, Ranger Smith should have thrown another boulder. <laughs> he should have, yes. Notably, Yogi's not there for the tree trimming, but he arrives now with a group of children. And Ranger Smith asks him, what's the meaning of this? I kidnapped these children. <laughs> like, how dare you bring children to a Christmas party? No, boo-boo and I will feed. <laughs> I'm cocaine bear. <laughs> Turns out Mrs. Throckmorton sent Yogi to an orphanage in the city because they've never had a Christmas vacation. And here's where she announces, I'm not going to sell the Jellystone Lodge. the lodge to the Jellystone Foundation, of which I am the president. Instead, she has decided to donate it to me, to her own foundation <laughs> to be used as a year-round vacation home for orphans. 
and every winter they'll be all invited back for the Christmas carnival. Well, that's kind of sweet, even though that decision seems to have come out of nowhere in this special. Well, she she got such a thrill out of being able to tell her uh, nephew that he's a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt this alive before. Right. I need more children to tell that to. See, this is this is why the big uh, change of heart. I mean, like the insinuation is that she's fallen in love with Yogi and like his antics at the lodge and like yeah. the feeling of fellowship. But like, this is where it would re- would have really be- benefited from. Like, also, I got plowed. Like, I felt like <laughs> I, I felt I found love in a hopeless place. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mister Dingwell, I didn't know you were going to be homeless. <laughs> Rich people are weird. Just they can That's afford true. to pay their own spontaneous ideas. So great. At least <laughs> this one benefits some orphan kids. Mr. Dingwell nervously asks if he'll still have a job at the lodge. Remember, he's been living there and has no other home, but she assures him he'll return to his job as hotel manager as she has just appointed Yogi director of the Christmas carnival. Well, that's going to be tough when he's asleep every year from now. I guess he'll just have to uh, stay awake until New Year's. (laughs) And speaking of Yogi, here he makes a grand entrance down the chimney dressed as Santa, along with Boo Boo dressed as his little elf. And to these kids, it's just Santa. <laughs> Santa bear. Snagglepuss almost blabs. That is a Kris Kringle. That's not the real. Hush up, Snag. Don't spoil it for the young'uns. <laughs> Even little Augie asks his daddy, why does Santa have a nose like a bear? And daddy tells him, let's put it this way, Augie, my boy. That's not your average Santa Claus. Meanwhile, Herman and Snively are outside in the cold under Snively's blanket, where which they propped like a tent. This is the part you remembered where it clicked. Oh, I remember this. Yes, exactly. So Herman shows, uh, he's like, oh, Snively, I've prepared a, a wonderful feast for us. And he shows them all of these her- hermit foods, yeah. which aren't really that gross. This here's a piece of dried catfish, some very tasty turnips I dug from the forest couple of hardtack biscuits. Aha! And for dessert, three buffalo berries each. Thanks, Herman. Like fried catfish? Like, yum. He said dried catfish, which might be a little grosser. Oh, I thought he said fried, and I was like, that doesn't look like a fried catfish, because it's a whole catfish. No, if it was fried, that'd be great. But I was like, it's just one of those cartoon things where they like say a thing is a thing, but it like they've drawn something completely different. Right. Um, yeah. But but he like shows them all these gross foods and like Snively's like getting all bug eyed and turning green and being like, oh, but I wanted food that tastes good. Yeah. And uh, so it like this really clicked for me. And I, I think it's one part uh, like I was a mega picky eater when I was a kid. So like mm. this spoke to me of like, oh, this would be really horrible at Christmas to like. Like, this would snap me into shape of being like, I can't have any of the Christmas foods I want. Like, I have to eat gross food and, and out in the cold. Um, but I think more, I think the the more pertinent thing is, I think that what happened uh, is that uh, I think the majority of the time I watched this tape when I was a kid, I would fast forward to the special after the Yogi special. But like this was like as good a point as any. Like, you know, like, when you like close yeah. the VCR, oh, yeah. yep. like hit fast forward so it will go fast. And like count like or like approximate yeah. like it's this far into the tape, right? And then hit play, and like if it pops up at this part, it's like, well, this is enough time of this special to watch until I get to the next special. Yeah, because you don't want to overshoot it. 
Yeah, which is probably like Mickey's Christmas Carol or, you know, something Ooh, something yeah. of that nature, like a much better Christmas movie. Yeah, uh-huh. So I think that I've definitely seen this special like many times, but I think the majority of the time I've seen this special, it's been like from the like Yogi as Santa slash Snively uh, realizing food is is good, but not only the food I like um, until the end. And then another special starts. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But- yeah, no. Snively realizes he's made a huge mistake, and Herman keeps trying to convince him, "You don't want to be at that party. We hate Christmas." But Santa Yogi, who's begun handing out presents to kids inside, spots Herman and Snively outside and brings them both in. And Mrs. Throckmorton welcomes them both and gives them each a big plate of food. Snively asks, "You're not going to punish me?" And instead of telling him no, I guess I was too hard on you on Christmas, she says. Well, I may if you don't eat everything on that plate. (laughs) How droll, Mrs. Throckmorton. In this lodge, we belong to the Clean Plate Club, mister. (laughs) There are hermit children starving in uh, Hermitania. That's (laughs) So in spite of everything they've done, they both get food and gifts, and Herman and Snively are both finally lamenting. You know something, Herman? They're not dum-dums. We are! I know! We had it all wrong! We, we love, love Christmas. Christmas! And Christmas loves you! Why? The answer is easy. Because Christmas loves everyone. But Herman was content. He had the food he liked. Yeah! And he was living in the same place he's always lived. So This is just more food. The change of heart from Herman is even more inexplicable. It's much more inexplicable than Mrs. Throckmorton's. I guess no one ever gave him a gift. Because hmm. that's really what turns him around. It's like, oh, someone gave me something for no reason? Oh, this actually rules. <laughs> you mean just because a, a savior was born unto them, I get a gift? Something like that. Yeah. It's kind of wild that there's like not even a trace of evangelism. Oh, not even a little special. Nope. Like no, like no hint. Nothing. Christmas exists, but like, that's it. Like not even like, there's not even like really a, like a goodwill towards men thing. Had those devils uh, dancing around Snively and Herman earlier. That's about it. (laughs) That's from like a chick comic. Hell yeah. Uh, Well, right about now, Ranger Smith notices Cindy off by herself with tears in her eyes. And he asks, Santa, if he has something for her, too, and Cindy doesn't want the attention and begs, please, it doesn't matter. But of course, Santa Yogi has something for Cindy. It's a crown and a sash that says Miss Jellystone Park. And also, it's my dick in a box. (laughs) (laughs) And Yogi finally gives her that Christmas kiss she's been wanting, and it sends Cindy into a euphoric trance complete with a song about being kissed by Yogi Bear. All at once I've just decided that I'm very much excited. I've been kissed. I mean kissed by Yogi Bear. Spoiler, Cindy, the kids are still right here and they still think it's Santa. But not for long because the real Santa arrives down the chimney. They don't know it's the real Santa at first. They think it's some other guy dressed like Santa who happened to come down the chimney. They think it's a Santa that probably Ranger Smith hired. Oh yeah, that could be it. <laughs> Snagglepuss even goes as far as to tell him this here's a private party but Yogi insists let's not forget our Christmas spirit and then proceeds to critique Santa's outfit oh, well now sir uh, the overall effect ain't bad 
But those boots, they're cut too low. Santa would never wear those. Oh, yeah, I see. Also, it isn't a private party. It's like emphatically no. not a private party. No, they invited <laughs> orphans. But yeah, Yogi's like critiquing Santa's outfit. Your boots are cut too low. You've got too much stuffing in your coat. And of course, he tries to yank off Santa's beard. And that's when Boo Boo tells him, hey, that's the real Santa. Who's not even mad. He's happy that Yogi did his job for him at the party by passing out all the gifts to the kids. Says, thank you, Yogi Claus. And gives him the gift of a picnic basket. Nice. Which Yogi can't appreciate because he has officially crashed. Hmm. He's fallen asleep again, and not even the whiff of that picnic basket gets him to stir. So Santa tells Ranger Smith that when Yogi wakes up in the spring, wish him a happy Christmas for me. He says, happy Christmas. Mm -hmm. I think Mrs. Throbmorton said that to the other two earlier, but... Well, this is the this is the portion of uh, Jellystone that's in England. Oh, that's it. That makes sense. <laughs> but Santa heads back up the chimney. This one, he goes up from a sitting position and sort of gets vacuumed up like a Jetsons elevator. Mm -hmm. But Ranger Smith decides now that Yogi managed to stay awake through Christmas, he'd better bring him back to his cave. But no, he didn't. It's still Christmas Eve. Don't congratulate him. <laughs> Cindy and Boo Boo are still awake. I guess that nap they had on the geyser was enough. Let Yogi sleep for the night. Wake him up Christmas morning. But no, that's where they're ending this. Everyone goes along with the ranger to Yogi's cave. They all take a lit torch and head out on skis. Did they just leave all the orphan kids at the lodge by themselves with Mr. Dingwell? Otto's there. Otto's there. Otto's going to tell them a story. Twas the night before Christmas. Um, and they're all playing with their toys. They'll be fine. But yeah. we get one last song before the credits. Everyone sings It's Our Favorite Time of the Year. It's our favorite time of the year. It's that magical time of the cheer. I guess part of the reason is the heart of the season that Christmas is practically here. We heard that song in a Flintstone Christmas as well, but this time it's a whole chorus singing it instead of just Fred. Hmm. This version sounds sweeter, but I think I actually prefer Fred Flintstone just belting it out by himself. <laughs> and back in their cave, Yogi wakes up briefly to wish us all a Merry Christmas to you too. Ho, ho, ho. And that's it. The end. That was a long one, but I had fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's wild. I don't have any uh, interest in watching it again or showing it to my son or anything. <laughs> I might. Yeah, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I guess everyone uh, everyone could use a sexual awakening such as you experienced <laughs> watching Cindy, Cindy Bear uh, go through her metamorphosis into a woman. Uh, a, real, a real man, I feel like a woman bear moment from that's, Cindy. <laughs> that's it. It's just wild to like, realize that like there's only a portion of this uh special that i know really well but i like and then like a lot of it i didn't remember and just just seeing like how how long it is and how many things like don't go anywhere it's such a weird structure it was like yeah totally interesting viewing but it's not like good in any real respect especially to find out that like all of the songs have been used in other things that are probably much better 
Yeah, that's the weird part. What I like about how long this is, though, is that you don't have to pay attention to it the whole time. You could put it on as background noise while you're decorating or doing other stuff. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a real Yule log of a a Christmas special. It is a very Yule log Christmas special. In my youth, I definitely like played it and then like played with Transformers or G.I. Joe's or something like while most of it was happening. Yep. But thank you, Bill, for joining me on this adventure in middle to upper hotel management. Oh yeah, thank you. I I learned uh, I learned a lot. If I ever want to uh, have a career as a waiter and then a bellhop and then a <laughs> ski instructor and then the chief of security and then a hotel manager, yeah, wow, you got all of them. Well done. So come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to fill your ceiling with mistletoe, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on all social media at Sundown Motel. Uh, I am still on Twitter, and I'll never call it anything else. Uh, but when that finally uh, goes away or I'm charged a dollar a year, uh, you can find me under the same name at uh, Blue Sky or Instagram or anywhere else you might uh, type that name in. Uh, and uh, I have a book out called We Promised You a Great Main Event, which is an unauthorized history of WWE. And that's available anywhere you buy a book. Um, well, probably not the brick and mortar stores at this point, but like online, anywhere you buy a book. Yeah. Uh, you can find that. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's me. That's where I'm at. Yeah, please check out all of those links. It's a very fun read. They're all in the show notes and on the web at adventcalendar.house. You can also find me wherever I wish to be found at linktree.com slash adventcalendarhouse. Thanks for listening. Next episode is Christmas Eve, and it's also a Scrooge Sunday this year, so find out what version of A Christmas Carol you voted for me to cover. Or didn't vote, I don't know. Something won, and we're talking about it. It's gonna be fun. Talk to y'all then. For now, for Bill Hanstock, from the middle of a ski lift where I'm hanging upside down and holding a cable car with my bare hands, this is Mike Westfall reminding you to mind the icy patch and eels are fish. Deal with it. Good night. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips <laughs> should be boiled in his own pudding. I got that at all. Everyone. A Christmas Carol. Humbug. <laughs> <laughs>